book of Matthew. My text is in the seventh chapter, but let's just turn back to Matthew. Head back to chapter five. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter five. Just so good to be here tonight. God, we love you. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for what you've already done and what we've already felt and heard, God. I ask you, Lord, for just special anointing tonight, Lord, that you would just take this that you've laid on my heart and, Lord, apply it to each life, to each heart. Lord, give us ears to hear what you would say to us. God, I, I realize, God, I'm so... Lord, I understand, Lord, that we need your anointing, and it's not in my strength or my ability. And I realize that people have been hurt over the years and have been, Lord, lied to and mishandled, God. And these are your children. These are people that you love. I'm asking you to to speak clearly to each one and help us receive what you have. We love you so much. We ask it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Well, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, I'm not going to read it all. You're welcome. It is the uh, Sermon on the Mount we talked about a little bit this morning. Jesus is preaching, teaching, getting ready to have this shift and open the eyes of all the religious community and say, you know, it's, this Old Testament has been building up to this. Pointing to a cross, pointing to uh, uh, an experience that God is not going to be behind that veil, behind that curtain in the temple any longer, but he's going to be in you. Hallelujah. And he starts off and uh, tells them that they're blessed in verse 3, Matthew 5, 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the humble, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. You know, they were kind of. Well, honestly, kind of in a situation like today, they were looking at the church and looking at the religious community and seeing, you know, the pride, the self-righteousness and, you know, the, 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 the priesthood that was so rich and, and taking good care of themselves, but really not caring too much about anybody else. But he starts saying, you're blessed when you're humble, blessed when you mourn and blessed when you're merciful. And, but I do want to turn over to a a scripture that if it's ever given you trouble, I think it's supposed to. This isn't a fairy tale. This isn't a comic book. So every now and then you come across something, say, whoa, how did that get in the Bible? God knows what he's doing. Trust me. But Matthew seven, and this is going to just kind of fly in the face, not of, not of the truth, but of the misconceptions that people have about Christians. Matthew 7, verse 6, says, Give not that which is holy unto dogs, neither cast ye your pearls before swine, lest they trample them under their feet and turn again and rend you. God bless you. You can be seated. (coughs) You know, a lot of folks' idea of Jesus, this seems like maybe somebody made a mistake. No, they didn't make a mistake. The mistake is in the the pulpits of the modern liberal church that tries to make God after their own image. Now, understand something right away before I get into this uh, 
And I do believe God's got something for every one of us if we'll hear him. Understand that Jesus' ministry, and we look to him as our, our role model, if you will. Not only that, he ought to be in us and doing the work through us. So, Jesus' ministry, he said, I came to seek and save that which is lost. The whole idea of Jesus and his mission, and then before he ascends into heaven and pours out his spirit into the church, he says, go ye into all the world, preach the gospel to every living creature, to all God's creation. Amen. The church is is led by God to love, to to help, to bless, to serve. Amen. That's what we're about. That's what we do. We're looking for opportunities to help, to be a blessing. It's not about, look at me, I'm so much better than everybody else. You know, truth and knowledge are things you're going to hear us talk about quite a lot. They're so important, but... In one place, Paul tells the church, you know, you got a a lot of knowledge about how you're doing good in the midst of a messed up culture. That's good. But knowledge can puff you up. Knowledge can give you a pride and a self-righteousness. But love or charity edifies. So it's one thing to know the truth, and we need to know the truth. But you can know the truth. Like, you feel like nobody else knows the truth, but if you don't have the wisdom to be able to take that and help somebody. Oh, I don't want to get held up, but listen to me. Jesus told the story of the man who was, who was robbed and left for dead along the road. And it was the priest and it was the Levite. It was those that knew better that went by and said, oh, you know, I don't want to get myself unclean and somehow, you know, get my hands dirty. How, un, how self-righteous, how unrighteous. And Jesus really, really threw it in their faces when he said, well, it was a Samaritan that actually came by and said, I'm going to, to, to you know, bind up this guy's wounds, bandage him, put him on my own uh, uh, donkey, if you will, and take him into town, pay for him to be taken care of, come back later and make sure the bill is paid right. Amen. And, and the Jews, those religious Jews, uh, you know, Samaritans, uh, you know, they call them devils. So, uh, and Jesus turns it around on them and makes them say it. Which one showed, was it, was, now, now let's look at this. Which one showed mercy? Was it, the, was it the priest? Was it the Levite? And those religious folks there, they, they probably poked each other when he talked about the Levite and the priest walking by and not doing anything. They say, I could see that. I, I, could think, I, could, I, I definitely could see that. That's not a stretch of the imagination. But for them to call the Samaritan the one that was the merciful. And he said, yeah, go ahead and do thou likewise. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what he was saying? That law, keeping the law, the, the commandments, the Old Testament, like the Levite and the priesthood that represented that old covenant. They're not going to get you there. But that one that was hated and despised, rejected of men, that one that they hung on a cross that would have cursed, the Bible says, that every man that hangeth on a tree, cursed is he. That's the one that's going to save you. He's about helping. He's about serving. He's about loving. You'll see it constantly. You'll see him reaching down and telling that one that was caught in the very act of adultery that I don't, not going to condemn you. Go and sin no more. She found mercy. You'll see that. 
He was a friend to the sinner. So how we, we, we are called to care for those that are rejected, care for those that, that find no place in, in society, care for those that are the down and out and the losers, to love the unlovable. How does what Jesus say, what, how does what Jesus says here in Matthew 7 fit into all that? Well, let me just put it here very succinctly, very, very simply put that uh, that God does call us in in one sense to choose our battles wisely. God sends us as uh, sheep in the midst of wolves. He sends us into a place where I think a lot of people they get the wrong idea and they think I don't want to be a Christian because I just feel like you gotta you just gotta continually be be. Stepped on and hated and despised. And, and God, God's telling us here right now, you love without fear. You, you represent me and you reach out and bless. And that is God's, God's presence in the community and in, in this world through the church to, to, to be there and, and give folks the best chance they can get to be saved. But the Bible is very clear here. Jesus is very clear that that uh, well. Let, let's move on. Let's let's get another scripture. I think that can that can help us with it. Matthew ten. Matthew ten. As Jesus sends his disciples out, you know, a lot of people's idea. Jesus sent his disciples out, and you know, it talks about turning the other cheek. It talks about uh, going the extra mile. Amen. We kind of have this idea that Christians are just supposed to just keep on getting beat up and keep on being put down. And can I tell you, it's not that we're going to seek revenge or to get into any kind of battles with anybody about anything. But we're not going to waste our time when there's so many people that need help and strengthen with people that have obviously rejected. That's what it says in Matthew 10. He, verse 11, into whatsoever city or town ye shall enter, inquire who in it is worthy, and there abide till you go thence. And when you come into a house, salute it. And if it be worthy, let your peace come upon it. But if it not be worthy, let your peace return to you. And whosoever shall not receive you nor hear my words, when you depart out of that house or city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. Behold, I send you, here's what he said, as Send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be ye therefore wise, wise as serpents, harmless as doves. And he goes on and says, beware, but beware of men. And starts talking about different persecutions and trials. What does it mean not to take the things that are holy and sacred and special to you and not cast them before swine or before dogs? Because they're going to not only trample what you have, but they're going to come back and attack you as well. I believe there comes a time we are, we, we're not, uh, I, I made up my mind a long time ago. I've done a lot of going out on the street and trying to reach out to people, invite them to church, or just tell them about the Lord. Done a lot of street ministry in my life. And uh, I made up my mind. You can look at somebody sometimes. I, as a very young person, you know, you kind of, you try to talk yourself out of what might be an uncomfortable situation. Ah, they probably don't want what I've got. <laughs> They probably, you know, they're probably not interested. 
you know, and it's just spiritual wimpiness, I guess, you know, and uh, I, I really feel like early on, God just kind of said, now cut that out. If I can take the Apostle Paul, who was Saul of Tarsus, and make him a, a great leader in my church, uh, you'd be surprised. And I've never, never since then really, uh, I, I kind of err on the opposite side. I think, oh, what they could be. Oh, that God, God could, could get so much glory out of them. And, and really, at a, sometimes I feel like, like I've not done really good at what I'm getting ready to preach to you about because... Because I think even after they, I, I, I'm not really concerned about people thinking a lot of me. And, and I know that sometimes uh, we can get attacked and we can get put down and we can get accused. And, you know, those are just words anyhow. But, oh, if they can only taste and see how good this is. But Jesus sent them out and, and he said he didn't tell them to, well, he made it very clear. You know, don't choose your battles wisely. Just just brush the dust off and just move on to somebody who wants this, who cares about this. Hallelujah. I, I like that terminology about shaking the dust off you. Because, you know, sometimes uh, somebody needs to hear this tonight. Sometimes, you know, feelings of grudges can stick to you. Sometimes people can be very cruel and it can hang on you. And you carry that with you for a while. And if you're not careful, it'll turn you around. And, and I, I've talked to folks already where they've come to church and I want to talk to you after the service. And obviously they've been hurt. Obviously they've been then been mistreated in, in, in their spiritual walk with God. That's not so uncommon. Don't, don't think that something strange has happened to you. But, you know, rather than how can I get through this? How can I get over this? How can I? I want to be saved. I don't I don't want to. I don't want to die bitter with a grudge and angry and and uh, rather they start uh, kind of a coming at me and telling me, you know, what about preachers that do this and do that. I'm like, obviously, you're upset with somebody, but I've not I've not I don't even know what you're talking about. That's what people do a lot of times That's what we can do a lot of times. We got to take it out on somebody else. You got to brush that off. You know how you do that? I know easier said than done. You do that in the presence of God. You, you, you give it to God and say, God, get this off of me. Because it hurts. It hurts to be attacked. It hurts to be mistreated. It hurts to be accused, lied about. Um, I told somebody the other day, I, I feel like I've gotten enough from, uh, you know, in church with people that I've, I've really invested my heart and my soul into. That a lot of times out in the street, somebody, you know, curses you or flips you off in the road. And stuff. It's like, ah, you know, I don't... I don't know that person. I don't care about that. That doesn't bother me. Even jobs I've worked, side jobs that I've worked where people get so irate and angry. say, ah, that's on them. That's not, doesn't have anything to do with me. They're angry at somebody else and taking it out on me. But, you know, Jesus said I was wounded in the house of my friends. And that's, uh, that's where it can really hurt. And you've got to be careful. You've got to be so careful that it doesn't hang on you and affect you. You've got to, in God and in his help, He'll, he'll help you let that go and put that on. See, forgiveness is uh, another big misconception in the word of God. Forgiveness is really more about us being free from, from everything that will hang on us and try to drag us down, get us dirty because somebody else kicked mud on us. They're wrong, but I don't want to go to hell because they were such a jerk. Amen. 
I've got to be free, so I've got to let God take that off of me and put that on them. But forgiveness doesn't mean I say, hey, come on, man, kick some more mud on me. (laughs) I just brush that off and stay away. You know, a lot of people, sadly, they've heard really, really bad preaching about forgiveness, and they've been abused. They've been hurt really deeply, damaged very, very profoundly, and feel like somehow they've got to go back and 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 and, and somehow not only feel good about what uh, uh, that person that did them so wrong. Jesus said, "Don't take what is holy and give it to dogs." They're going to turn around and we're not talking about puppies, you know. In our day, we're not talking about pets that we love and are part of our family. And that day, it, it, we're talking about unclean animals that that hurt you, wild dogs and. And, and pigs, unclean things that, that have no sense but to attack. And at the, sometimes the best thing, God cares about you. He's going to protect you. He puts us in situations, but he doesn't tell you to go. So what is the difference between just, what, what does it mean to not cast your pearls? You know, I feel like we, we reach out to everybody and anybody we can. Every living creature, the Bible says, all of God's creation. But... Uh, but when you see that they're not, they, they don't want it, the Bible says they're not worthy of it. That's something I want to look at a, a little bit later here. This idea that you've got something amazing. You've got something that, that this world needs. And, and, and God is, at times, he, he looks at those that reject it, that stand against it. He says, you think, you're, you're, not, you're not what I'm looking for in my kingdom. You're not worthy of this. Look what it says in Titus, the third chapter. See, the church is not naive. The church is not foolish. The church does not, uh, we love and we care. But if you, uh, you come against something that, that is atta- someone that is attacking you and tearing that down and mocking you, you pray for them. <coughs> and you go your way and you find somebody that's hungry. And you spend your time ministering to people who, who are asking Look what it says in Titus, the third chapter, verse 8. This is the faithful saying, that these things I will that thou affirm constantly, that they which have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable unto men, but avoid foolish questions. Can I say it again? Choose your battles. There... I know we say a lot of times there are no dumb questions. I think there are no dumb questions. Somebody that really is hungry for truth. I told somebody this morning that I don't care what your question is. I want to be, I want to help you answer it. I want to get down to some of those things that you need. What a foolish question is, is not somebody that's wondering, how do I believe in a God that I can't see? Why is there evil in a world if God is so powerful and so loving? And why is there so much suffering? And, and, uh, uh, why, why can I rely on the Bible? How is that possible? And all these things, those aren't foolish questions. Those are great questions. What a foolish question is that one that is one that uh, genders strife right. says in second Timothy two foolish and unlearned questions avoid knowing they do gender strife. Somebody is looking for a debate. Right. Someone's looking to fight. Somebody is looking to just destroy Just again. Pearls before swine yep. to get into some. Some people just live for that debate and they don't have a life. <laughs> apparently right. 
I think there's so many other great hobbies. Why just look to, to, to get into an argument? I've had people say, oh, I just love to argue, and I'm telling you, you'll never win. I'll say something foolish just to talk over you. It's like, and you're proud of that? It just, uh, there are some times that you've got to realize that some people are very honest, sincere. Que- there's a lot of good questions because there's so many bad sermons so many poor representations of what God has established as a church and, and what it means to be a Christian. Many more. You see that in the Bible. That's not, it's not God losing the battle. It's just the way it is. There's always been a lot more false prophets than the real, like we said this morning. And there's a whole lot more self-righteous religious people that are going to leave a bad taste in your mouth as far as what it means to be a Christian. But that does not mean it's not out there. Amen. You know, the disciples didn't bail out on Jesus because there was a Judas. Amen. The disciples didn't give up every time Peter stuck his foot in his mouth. They didn't say, hey, there's somebody. They're obviously not a Christian. And the church is all about the process. I've I've been doing this for a little while now. Over 25 years, and what I've heard people say more than ever today, I realize how how unfair and how ridiculous it is for people to say, you know what, they were in that church, they're supposed to be a Christian, and they did that. Not everybody that walks through those doors represents what we're trying to do. They represent somebody we may be trying to help. And that's a good thing. You know, sometimes, I've said this before, sometimes there's somebody in the church, they're doing horrible. And they're heading the wrong direction. It's getting worse and not better. We're still not willing to chase them out. We're going to give them every chance they can to be saved. Amen. But but I will say this. When that soul, remember this. Jesus said, what would it profit a man if he'd give his own, gain the whole world and lose his soul? So that very clearly says that your soul is worth more than all the wealth of this world. To heaven, to eternity. Hey, a billion trillion dollars is, is just, uh, enjoy it for a season because it's going to be gone. You can't take it with you, but your soul is eternal. So your soul is worth more than this whole world. That goes to say that somebody else's soul is worth more than this whole world. Your soul's not worth more than their soul. But listen to me. When your life jeopardizes the ability for somebody to be saved, you're in the right place when you're doing poorly. Amen. We want you here if you're not doing well. If you're struggling, if you're fighting, if you feel like you're... you're, you're your head's going down under the water. We want you here. You're in the right place. But if you're going to hinder somebody else from getting into the kingdom of God, your soul's not worth the church. That's really hard for me to deal with. I'm telling you, this is the hardest thing that I have to deal with as a pastor because I want to see people saved. And it is so hard for me. And everybody that knows me well knows that I'm telling you the truth. It's so hard for me. Patience. 
is we it's just necessary when you're dealing with people and dealing with with God's been patient with me. How can I not be patient with somebody? I've given God headaches. Why can't I be patient with somebody who gives me headaches? I can handle headaches. But when you hinder other people in their worship and their prayer and their living for God, when you when you become a stumbling block for people, when you cast a stumbling block before young people, Jesus said it'd be better that you cast put a put a millstone around your neck, be thrown into the sea. That's what Jesus said. Oh, Jesus didn't say that's there. You know it's true. Hallelujah. So, so souls are worth more than this whole world. But when a soul begins to rip and tear and, and, and hinder what God is trying to do, it, that's, it's time to stop. Hallelujah. What it says, uh, avoid foolish questions. We read that. That's Luke, the ninth chapter. We kind of talked about this a little bit about. Being unworthy, Luke nine sixty two. Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow looking back is fit for the kingdom. Hebrews ten thirty eight. let me read it. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, but them that believe unto the saving of the soul. Part of this, I think, is so, so interesting and such a blessing that God, God's kingdom, he, he wants, he wants to fill it up. He cares about people. He cares. He saw, he, he didn't walk back from the man filled with thousands of demons. Oh, no, no. Hallelujah. He went towards him to, to love him and care for him. He cared for the, the, the one that was the down and out sinner that people have rejected and despised. He cared for those that were lost and praise God. But, but it comes down to our choice. And when we make that choice, and I've seen people so proud. Oh, I don't want that. I don't want that. You know, God says, oh, you're not fit. <laughs> you wouldn't be a good fit anyway. <laughs> yeah. You're you're not worthy of this. My soul doesn't have pleasure in that. If you love this world and things of this world more than you love my kingdom, you care about your sin and that what we read this morning, that vomit that you keep going back to, that 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 pigs wallow, that mud that you keep running back to, and you don't want my glory and my relationship. Well, it's not for you then, I guess. But oh, God reaches out to the lost. I said the disciples didn't give up because of Judas, but they're you can't demand grace for yourself and say, hey, listen to me. You have mercy on me. I struggle sometimes and God knows and God cares. He does. And then not appreciate that we all need that grace. But grace is not a license to go ahead and and be a hindrance to anybody else. If you're struggling, that's not a hindrance to the church. The only people that have that that hinders is a people that can't just keep their eyes on Jesus. If you're in a battle today, again, you're in the right place. But that battle goes crosses a line when that battle begins to hinder other people and tear down and bring gossip, maybe division and and uh, and get our eyes off of the Lord. God hates self-righteousness. 
God hates that judgmental spirit that that is so often connected with the church. But it is not it's naive and it's foolish to think that that we ought to just be able it'd be I, I, I say it this way sometimes it'd be like going to the to the emergency room or somehow getting access to the to the to the room where uh where they're they're performing surgery and standing around and getting in the way. It's like, hey, you either help or you get out of the way. I, I wanna be I wanna be a part of God's kingdom. When I read things like this, it motivates me to say, God, I, I want to get behind what you're doing. I, I want to be fit for your kingdom. I want you to find pleasure in, in my desire to, I've fought some battles. I've, I, I've struggled and I've stumbled in my life like you have. God, show me so much mercy and so much grace. The difference is not that you have questions, not that you have concerns, not that you You've been through things and it's hard for you to trust. It's hard for you to, to, to believe. It's hard for you to understand what faith really means. It may be hard for you to love a God that you can't see. And how do I do something like that? That's, that's not a problem for God. He's going to help you like he's helped every one of us. Problem is when we begin to fight and, and attack and, and God says, just, just move on. Just move on and find somebody. God's looking for people. God's looking in this generation, this last generation. He's looking for people that are hungry for his kingdom, that are tired of fighting, tired of running, and ready to just say, yes, God, lead me. I've got a lot of questions. God's going to help you. I've got a lot of struggles. He can help you through every struggle. I've got battles that are too big for me. That's why I'm a savior. Amen. And I'm going to help you. Make it every step of the way. Can we bow our heads in prayer, please? God's not called us to be foolish or naive. He's not called us to be self-righteous and proud. He's called us to shine a light to everybody we can. Not everybody's going to love it. Not everybody's fit for the kingdom. Not everybody's going to be excited about how amazing God is and how awesome He can work in your life and set you free. Not everybody's going to going to think that God is the answer to their needs. But you should keep shining the light. Be patient with people. Be patient. Keep shining your light. Keep keep being a friend to your neighbor. Keep being a help to the people that you find that have needs. Oh, hallelujah. God's mission for even this last day that... The Bible calls perilous times, dangerous times. Things get worse and worse all around us. Sin is abounding. God's grace much more abounds. Let God's grace shine through you. Every day you see somebody struggling. Every day you see somebody fighting battles. You remember the battles you fought. 
You remember your own weakness. You remember your own struggles. Keep on praying. Hallelujah. Samuel found a place. It was so hard for him. Saul, King Saul at that time, had rejected God. He had become a threat to everybody around him. He was attacking his his servant David. He was attacking his own son. Just became so full of the devil. His anger, his rage, his jealousy. Samuel would cry all night. But one day God talked to Samuel, the preacher, and said, Samuel, stop crying. Stop. Stop right now and just go. There's a young man named David that needs touch. He needs anointed. He needs a... He's, God's got something for him. He's going to be my leader. He's got a heart that I can deal with. You stop praying for Saul. Oh, I want to... I don't ever want my life to be in a place where God tells the preacher, stop praying for me. But sometimes... Sometimes you've got to just keep on looking for opportunities. Somebody there. Somebody there. Somebody around you. Somebody it may be the one that is most unlikely in your eyes, but God's got His hand on their life. God's working in them. Reach out. Be a friend. Be a, a testimony to them. You've been hurt. You've been done wrong, you've been lied on, you've been cursed, shake it off. Shake that dust off of you. Don't let that hang on you. That has nothing to do with you. That's on them. You give them to God and let God worry about them. You let God deal with them. You just keep on shining your light every chance you get for those that that you can reach. Oh, hallelujah. Let's Let's all find a place to pray. God, you're so good. Talk to God. Pray. God, I want to be saved. I want to live for you. God, I need your help. God, I don't want to fight. I don't want to run. I need you. Lord, I've been hurt. I've been, I've been done wrong. around anymore. Lord, in Jesus' name. Oh, 
church. He said, the gates of hell would not prevail against it. I want to be working with him. I want to be laboring to build it up and to, to represent Jesus to this world more than ever before. I don't ever want to get in the way of what God is doing. I don't ever want to find myself on the wrong side. But you rest assured there's no neutral ground. God's calling you to pick sides. God's calling you. Are you going to fight for the kingdom of God? Are you going to stand with Jesus? Are you going to let him lead you day by day? Because there is no neutral ground. There's no standing in the middle saying, I'm, I'm either, you're either one or the other. You're either for or against. Oh, I want to follow him. I want to follow him. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's all stand again, Lord. Thank you for your presence. Lord, I know there's people here today, even in their own families, they've been hurt. Lord, they've they've loved, they've prayed, they've reached out, they've Lord God, they've they've been attacked and they've been done wrong. God, I pray that you'd bring healing. Help them. Help them to find that place in you where they can shake off that dust and shake off that mud that's been slung on them and God to help them to to keep reaching out. Lord, give us wisdom day by day. Give us understanding to to keep shining, to keep, Lord, showing this world how good you are. Take every opportunity, Lord, to be that salt and light. God bless your people now, Lord. Bless everything, Lord, that we're going to do for you this week. God, just work in and anoint your people. God, open doors. God, work in a great way. We love you. We praise you. Keep us safe as we travel. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you, church. God bless you.